Body, Mind, Spirit Radio, your life connection to the information for a healthy body, an enlightened mind, and a renewed spirit. Hello, everyone, and welcome. You're listening live with Ecosexuality with host Barbara White on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio. Barbara White's life mission is to awaken people to their innate worth, sexual life force, and soul's gifts. Barbara is a gifted psychic, holistic therapist, and best-selling author. 17 years ago, Barbara's psychic gifts were diagnosed as Asperger's and sensory disorders. Since then, she has healed her illness, facilitated over 40,000 people into happiness, written four books, and created self-acceptance process. Each month, Barbara will host dynamic leaders on eco-psychology, feminism, sacred sexuality, ecology, raw food, macrobiotics, spiritual leaders, sustainable farmers, and so much more. I know she has a wonderful show in store for you today, so without further ado, I give you your host, Barbara White. Thank you so much for that introduction, and uh, we are starting. This is the maiden voyage of the form of ecosexuality, and um, you may be asking, what is that? What is that term? Well, I feel like it is a developing term, kind of an emerging term, so what, how I'm going to define it or how I'm going to put some context around those words will be different than other people. But for me, ecosexuality is um, where we look at the earth as not, our, not mother earth, but as the, and the reason why we don't look at the earth as mother, because we expect our mothers normally to take care of us. And so in ecosexuality, the, one of the shifts is that we look at the earth as our lover, something we take care of, something we tend to, something we be shepherds to. So ecosexuality um, that is acknowledging that intimate or innate connection that we have with the earth, meaning our food, our bodies, our um, our ecosystem, <laughs> and that sexuality. So eco eco being earth, and then sexuality, not just that little tiny box of. Uh, a genital meaning a genital. Um, sexuality meaning the life force energy that moves through our body, that force that is um, part of our soul, part of our energy framework. It's uh, sexual energy is, when I'm saying sexuality, it's the energy that's um, when we feel it without adding shame, it can allow a deeper connection to our body, to the earth, to our food. Um, yes, sexual energy by its very nature seeks to unify, bring together, promote copulation and creativity. But sexual energy, sexuality, as we're defining here on ecosexuality, sexual energy when it's felt as one's own energy and not attached, here's the key, not attached to a person or a negative story, can connect, heal the body, and unify. In fact, uh, when I heard our, our upcoming guest, Amy Jo Goddard, when she said, that sexuality is spirituality embodied, I was tickled from inside out because I have said for years, and it was actually in my last book and masters, that sexuality is the divine embodied. And so she said sexuality is spirituality embodied. Saying the same thing, a little bit bit tweaking there. And so when I heard that, I was um, beyond excited, beyond excited to hear Amy Jo Goddard speak those words. So as Courtney said in the very beginning, um, every month the ecosexuality format is going to allow such a wide range of guests and such an incredible, important guest. So people from sacred sexuality, yes, to environmental ecologists, to permaculture, to spiritual leaders, um, as you know, if you've listened to Calling All Leaders and Healers, which was what this format was, we've had amazing guests like Marion Williamson, Michael Bernard Beckwith, Andrew Harvey. Um, that's We just had incredible people of, of, in that format. And um, so technically, we almost could have kept it the same name because I'm still bringing out incredible healers and leaders. But I wanted to expand the format to really honor what's happening on the earth to really honor what is happening with uh, women speaking out more in the, not just in entertainment and politics. And I wanted to really honor that, um, 
change, an incredible revolution, evolution that's happening inwardly and outwardly right now where inclusion and race and um, women's sexuality is really on the forefront in our politics and in our entertainment. Um, I love that uh, statement that uh, Amy Jo Goddard, and I will be reading her bio shortly, but she said, um, uh, where's that quote I have from her here? Well, I, I will find it in a bit. So I really wanted the ecosexuality uh, format to honor what's happening currently. People talk about the feminine rising, the feminine rising, and yet I think it's really important to have a framework of what the feminine means. Um, some people do think feminine means skirts and doing your hair and nails and makeup. But for me, the feminine is the connection to the earth, your emotions, your body, your relationships, your community. That feminine energy is rising. So the and when people say the divine feminine, I almost am not a huge fan of using divine feminine because Sometimes that word divine can exclude the body, exclude our relationships, exclude the ordinary. And it's really through the ordinary that we find an embodied, heartfelt, anchored connection to something broader than ourselves, something that we may call spirit or God or the universe. So I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this interview and explore ecosexuality and benefit from my upcoming amazing guest in a few minutes, Amy Jo Goddard. And as we all come together, because this show is not only aired um, at the fourth Tuesday of the month, but it is also um, downloaded a whole bunch and we're really grateful for that in the Body, Mind, Spirit Radio that people um, download and uh, the archive shows so frequently. We also ask that you pass this on, that if there's some information here that you feel will help another, please be that, that uh, angel. The word angel actually translates to messenger of love. Be a messenger of love. Be an angel for another person. So if you just take a moment to take a conscious breath, be aware of your body, be aware of your feet and your calves. And I ask you to make a decision with me to love all parts of yourself as best as you can. Noticing how your tummy feels. Good. Noticing how your arms feel. Allowing yourself to fully be right here in this moment. Knowing that as you love yourself, you lead by your living example. That as you embrace and love all parts of you, you show your children, you show your community what embodied love looks like. And now take a breath and in loving all parts of yourself, love your sexual life force. Or if love sounds too strong right now, just be willing to be aware of it. This is your energy. Be aware now of sensations again through your feet and through your legs. See, the reason why I keep on bringing you back to the sensations in your feet and your legs and working with the thousands of people that I have is that you, to be present in the moment, your mind's going to always think. Your mind just constantly thinks. It's, it's what your mind does. It's a muscle. But there's a part of you that's aware that you have thoughts. That's your awareness. So the part of you that's watching your thoughts or, or can know that your thoughts are moving, to be in that mindful awareness, is as simple as being aware of your body sensations. So as you are aware of what your feet and legs, so in working with people over the years, I found that as soon as they become aware of their body sensations, they powerfully and simply become more mindful, more aware, more in the moment. 
It's also, of course, the print. I'm not saying anything new. It's a principle of Qigong and yoga that when you are aware of your body, you bring yourself out of futurizing or out of the past and really into the present moment. And then you're able to listen to your body and listen to what feels right and moving forward. And not right or wrong, but what feels aligned, what feels empowering. So together, let's just join. If you're listening to archives, you're still here with us, just joining. And so you can really gain all the goodness that's going to come from this program today, knowing that this program is going to be amazing, knowing that this interview with Amy Joe is going to be amazing. And let's hold the intention that you leave with some incredible, supportive, life-changing information, that you get exactly what you need. And so together, again, let's just take one more breath. Beautiful. Thank you for fully being here. Thank you for fully showing up. Thank you for joining this conversation about sacred sexuality, specifically about women's sexuality and women reclaiming their sexuality, their sexual life force, which uh, Amy Jo Goddard is a um, sexual empowerment coach around that topic. So Amy Jo Goddard, she is um, just a personal story before I read her bio. I had the honor and joy of going to her Firewoman retreat back in the end of September, beginning of October, and it was absolutely amazing. Um, she held such a safe, grounded space. Um, she had an incredible staff. They did practice that they weren't, it wasn't just all talk. They actually provided such um, ways of engaging the material that was safe and playful and powerful. Uh, psychologically challenging, just enough, and um, I could say so much more, but I had the honor of taking your retreat. It was just spectacular, and um, and I have the honor of having her on the show. So Amy Jo Goddard earned her master's degree in human sexuality, education from New York University, and has 20 years of experience in the sexual sexuality field. As a thought after speaker and teacher, Amy Drove travels to colleges, communities, and conferences speaking about sexuality and sexual empowerment. If you have not checked out some of her, um, her talks, so she has uh, a TED Talk, Owning Your Sexual Power in the Napa Valley. It was named one of the Go Magazine's 100 Women We Love and one of Kinsley's 100 Sex Blogging Superheroes. Uh, yes, if you, if you haven't checked out her blog or YouTube, Amy Jo Goddard, YouTube. She's got incredible resources. Amy Jo teaches several unique sexual empowerment intensives and offers sexuality retreats while maintaining a private practice. She is author of the book Woman on Fire, Nine Elements to Wake Up Your Erotic Energy, Personal Power and Sexual Intelligence, and co-author of Lesbian Sex Secrets for Men from Penguin Random House. You can find her online writing about, about practical, real-world sexuality in evolved relationships at amyjoegoddard.com. So uh, welcoming on Amy Jo Goddard. Hey, hello. How are you? I am spectacular. So grateful for you to join <laughs> us today. Thanks for inviting me. Hmm. So um, getting the talk started. Um, so you, what... What draws you to this material? Why why are you a sexual empowerment coach? Well, I came into the field of sexuality, as many of us do, through my own experiences, my own, you know, history of having no resources, no role models, no information, going through a lot of challenging things. Um, and when I finally got my own sexuality education and was really able to go through through my own sexual empowerment process um i thought well why did why did i have to wait for that you know <laughs> like why why didn't i have more of that when i really needed it and so yeah that really started me on the journey i worked with young people for a long time in my career and taught college um and now i really focus on adults because i feel like it, adults need it just as much you know, every adult needs help with their sexuality at some point. Um, mm -hmm. Whether they will get that is, is, is another story. But we all need it just the way we need 
um, doctors to help us with our, our physical well-being and therapists to help us with our, our mental and emotional well-being. Um, we all need that. So, um, yeah, that's the focus of my work. Yeah, you were saying, I remember in one of your talks when people say, so what do you do? And then the next question they usually follow up is, oh, you, you teach teenagers, pubescence, uh, mm-hmm. uh, sexual empowerment. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and you're like, no, no. In fact, I teach adults because we're all missing that education. We're all missing uh, that really essential uh um, mentoring and support that would have um, really empowered us, empowered us in so many ways. So yeah, that's that's um, yeah. We're yeah. all just former yeah. teenagers who need sex education ourselves, <laughs> you know, and didn't get the <laughs> sex education we needed for sure. <laughs> for you, what is uh, Amy? For you, what is sexuality? Oh man, sexuality is, you know, I, I, I see it as, as a multifaceted part of who we are. I think it's really the core of who we are. Um, and so I think, you know, at its core, you know, it, it's that energetic, like that eros that we were all created from. Um, I think that we get really disconnected from. Um, we all came into this world through this, like, combustion of life force that wanted to create more life. And so that's really, mm-hmm. like like the, the beginnings of it. And then it's how, how do we use that to experience our bodies fully, our pleasure fully, to interact with the world, to feel connected to both the environment that we're in or to other people or to the divine or to nature, as you were talking about the eco-sexual piece. You know, we use, we use that energetic force in us, which is this force of, of desire and passion. And, um, you know, it's, it's that force that gets us out of bed every day. Like we wouldn't get out of bed every day if we didn't have that well of sexual energy and, and which is creative energy, which is spiritual energy in us that really propels us towards life. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think a lot of, a lot of, uh, spiritual, um, points of view might have us believe that to be the most evolved or to to transcend, um, you know, and and to uplift ourselves spiritually, somehow we actually need to like overcome the body or transcend the body. Yeah. Um, and I actually think the most spiritual thing we can do is actually learn what it means to really fully live in our bodies and inhabit our bodies and experience. Um, pleasure through our bodies and that's the thing that most humans are fighting so I think mm-hmm. we complicate it a lot and it's actually um, we're, we're bypassing like the very fundamental pieces of what distinguishes mm-hmm. us as humans mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's uh, to your point that uh, religion has it teaches that you're somehow more spiritually evolved if you're disconnected from mm-hmm. your body. I remember reading uh, Marian Woodman, uh, a Jungian analyst and uh, mythopoetic author. She uh, says that the word virgin actually translates to whole unto herself. And, mm-hmm. and I think about that and I think, wow, virgin means whole unto herself. Is that even that one teaching of virgin, mm-hmm. virgin Mother Mary? Uh, that that it meant actually that she was a whole whole into herself, not technically a virgin in relationship to sexuality. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's so much, right? Like, I mean, even in the um, that the spirit shall shall be uh, ripped from the flesh. And I, I can't I actually I have that in front of me. If I remember where that is in um, John, yeah, I'll remember where it is. But yeah, there's so much that 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 teaches that the 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 body should be separate and the, that, um, I mean, even in the Gnostic religion, right, they, they promoted flogging, actually hitting of the body, saying that was more uh, spiritual to, to damage the body in that way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so, so religion and, and historically, of course, has been such a, a disconnect from our sexuality and body. What do you feel has also really disconnected us? Um, I think that, that we really, you know, I think just fundamentally that we lack skills around sexuality. We lack um, 
basic knowledge and the basic abilities to um, talk about sexuality, to acknowledge desires. You know, I think that, Mm. and that's for many reasons, you know, and I think that goes back to the way we treat sexuality culturally. We, we don't treat it as something that is important enough to spend time on. It's some, it's, it's the one thing that's just supposed to magically happen uh, without (laughs) us having to put any energy into it. I mean, we don't, we don't think about anything else like that. We don't think about eating that way. Like, we don't think about driving a car that way. Like, you have to learn how to drive a car. You even have to learn how to eat. You have to learn how to cook food, you know. Um, and yet sexuality, which is actually quite complex for a lot of us, we treat it as if it should just magically happen and we shouldn't have to put any energy um, into it. Uh, and then I think there's also all the gender roles that tell us what it's supposed mm-hmm. to be. Um, and and really kind of obfuscate uh, what is true for us in terms of our sexuality. You know, if we didn't have all of those preconceived ideas and roles, what would our sexuality look like? You know, I guarantee you that a lot of people's sexuality would look really, really different if they weren't um, existing under this, this these pre-ideas or, or pre-made ideas for what they're supposed to be, what they're supposed to like, what they're supposed to desire, um, who they're supposed to desire, how they're supposed to experience their bodies, all of those things. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah, your, to your first point that uh, we lack the basic knowledge and culturally we think it's supposed to magically happen, that when you said that, um, I think it was uh, either at the retreat or an interview I was listening to that, um, sexuality was a skill that we developed. I was like, oh, I felt so healing to my heart, and and um, and I just think of how healing that message is for so many people because we all think that we should just know, you know, and and then we think that something's wrong with us and that we're broken, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, it, it kind of reminds me of that statement: uh, pray to Allah, but tie up your camel. It's like the tying up the camel part we were all missing, you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, so you wrote uh, "Woman on Fire: Nine Elements to Wake Up Your Erotic Energy, Personal Power, and Sexual Intelligence," and this came from your 20 years of uh, working with people. And um, what do you feel in, in writing that book? Um, I remember you saying at the retreat that every chapter is like you put it in a certain order, but every chapter was uh, just as important as the next. Um, what is your favorite chapter in that book? Do you have one? Um, I think I really love the home chapter. Um, you know, I, I, I think that many of us just are not at home. And, you know, home, that element of home really brings together all of these other elements of, of our voice and our body and our desire and our play and, you know, all of these other pieces, giving ourselves permission. Um, you know, so, so many of us just are, we, we've all, we've learned to abandon the self, you know, and particularly if we experienced a abandonment of a caretaker um, primary caretaker or a parent when we were young and we have that abandonment wound, we learn to abandon ourselves. And mm-hmm. and so I think that I think more people than not are walking around really not at home in the world. Mm-hmm. And um, and so then when we want to feel connected and powerful in our sexuality, that's going to be pretty hard um, because that really requires that you be at home in your body and in your pleasure and in your desire and that, that, mm. that you're present to that um, in a real way and not in, 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 again, like this like glossy, over-sexualized cultural way, um, but like mm. really in a real way. And so I think that that piece of home brings together um, sort of these many different pieces of our empowerment um, into the whole. And, and that is really what I hear from people all the time. They want to mm-hmm. feel more free. They want to feel more at home in themselves. They want to feel whole. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I think that that piece is, is probably my favorite piece. Mm-hmm. 
You just used the term glossy, over-sexualized way versus um, maybe what you're implying like an authentic way of embodying your sexuality. Could you describe the difference between those two? Well, I think that, you know, I think particularly for women, we are used to seeing our sexuality, um, you know, captured, packaged, and sold back to us. And mm. we, you know, we, all, we see that every day. I mean, we see that on every magazine, on television, on, you know, in all of the media that we take in, in, in the way that stories are told, um, the way that women are depicted. You know, we're seeing our sexuality through this cultural lens, which is largely uh, a male uh, cultural lens. And so it's not even being seen necessarily through through the ideas of women or experiences of women oftentimes. And so, yeah, so it's, it's not really a real version of it um, most of the time. That's changing, you know. There are more women filmmakers and more women in media and more um, queer folks, LGBT folks, um, as, you know, working as cultural producers and, and creating um, more alternative stories, you know, or more breadth mm-hmm. to the story, you know. And, and so we've all been sold the story, and, um, and it's very limiting. And it's not actually even real for the women being depicted, you know. It's not even real for them, and yet mm-hmm. it's being sold to us as if it's real. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. tends to be a very stereotypical um, image of what it means to be sexy, of what it means to be um, sexual, um, and a lot of those expectations are, are kind of wrapped up in in that imagery. So I think mm-hmm. I think for a lot of women, they don't know what their real sexuality is because they've been imitating that their whole lives. They've been taught to do that. And so trying to parse through and figure out what's actually real for them is, is a very tall order. But that is the mm-hmm. journey. That really is the work of self-empowerment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You had um, mentioned at the retreat that uh, sexuality, and I, I think you have a course online, um, correct me if I'm wrong, on amyjoegoddard.com, on money mm-hmm. and sexuality. Um, do you have an online course on that? Yeah, yeah. Or I've been teaching about sex and money for many, many years. Okay. Um, what? How? I mean, I don't expect you, of course, to to reveal the whole all the info of the course. But if you give us an appetizer, what did, what does that mean? Sexuality and money are tied together. <laughs> that would be impossible. It's a long course. Um, but um, you know. I, I I think that we run similar patterns around sex that we run around money. Um, you know, it's at a age, you know, the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So um, sex and money, you know, they're often linked in, in you know, in, in uh, spiritual belief systems where we're talking about chakras. They're always like second, they're, they're these second chakra, sexual chakra um, issues. Um, and the other thing that's really there is relationships, and that's a big part of how sex and money are connected is that money comes to us through our relationships, um, mm-hmm. and sex, of course, is experienced and expressed through our relationships, whether it's to self or, or to other. So the idea, um, you know, there are many, many parallels, actually, with sex and money. Um, that, you know, they're, they're taboo. They are two of the things people have the most shame about. They're, and, then, and they're two of the things that when people break through and transform and feel empowered around them, that really change people's lives more than anything. And um, there's a lot for us to, um, to break down in terms of how the patterns we have around sex might also be playing out around money and vice versa. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm. Well, it sounds like uh, if someone is uh, wanting to uh, know more about their sexuality and know about more money, that'd be very advantageous to take your course on that. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's we, we, I've been teaching it for a long time, and um, we've done many sex, money, and power weekends for women. Um, so that, yeah, if that's work people are interested in, definitely write to me. Um, so yeah, but the course is called Going All the Way, Going All the Way with Sex and Money. So. Mm-hmm. Now you also offer a nine-month uh, program online, correct? Could you tell us yeah, a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, I work with women. Yeah, I work with women on the the nine elements of sexual empowerment, and so we take an element a month. You know, this is not. You know, we've spent our whole life creating whatever we've created in our sexual lives, creating whatever um, patterns, dysfunctions, um, or experiencing shame or guilt or. Um, you know, whatever patterns we have around what we know about our desires or we don't know, uh, our self-expression, you know, there's so many pieces to this. And we've spent our lives creating that. And so it takes some time to unwind that, you know, to disentangle the knots. And so we take nine months, which is a birth, you know, we take nine months, there's nine elements, and and we we work on an element each month, and we, you know, it's very, very rich, you know, and we ritualize it. Um, I'm a ritualist, we we use ritual, we use a lot of experiential um, exercises and and ways that, that we can dive much deeper, you know, beyond just reading something. Um, Mm. so that we can really transform these parts of our lives. And um, and I think a lot of times when when women come to do this work, they're surprised at how holistic it is. You Mm. know, they think that, well, something's wonky in my sex life with my partner, and I need to deal with that. You know, and that's a lot of times what will bring them in the door. Um, And, of course, we do work on their sex life, but it's, it's about so many other things because sexuality isn't about one thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Sex is just one small part of sexuality. So it's Mm -hmm. really about that that whole person and that homecoming that I talked about before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, You have a chapter in um, Woman on Fire, Nine Elements to Wake Up Your Erotic Energy um, on Emotion. And... As I look at that, I remember you using a term, um, what empowers you or what allows you to feel emotionally powerful? Um, Could you define that term, feeling emotionally powerful? I mean, I think that everyone has to define that, you know. Like, I think a lot of times we know what it feels like when we're not, you know, when we're projecting Mm -hmm. onto people who are around us, when we're acting out, when we're not communicating well, when we are... Um, um, when we're in our heads and we're, you know, like we're going down the rabbit hole, so to speak, you know, around um, something that we're ruminating on and we're not able to be at peace emotionally with it. So, you know, I think there's a lot of ways that um, we are led around by our emotions. And um, our emotions are a guidance system. Our emotions... Um, our experience in the body. So again, the more disconnected from our body, the more disconnected from our emotions we will also be. Um, we, you know, I think a lot of people numb themselves um, because they don't want to feel. Um, but actually, mm-hmm. that guidance system really helps us um, to make decisions, to decide what relationships we want to invest in more, um, to have more joy, to have the experiences that we really want to have in our everyday lives. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that, that emotional landscape is, is, is very powerful. And so it's about learning to work with it with, with some skill and not just mm-hmm. have our emotions be something that just happened to us, which is mm-hmm. what I think a lot of people do. Um, they're like, I just woke up in a bad mood, and so therefore, so it is, you know. And it's like, well, you can wake up in a bad mood and you can – utilize emotional tools and and self-care and and coping tools to actually shift that if you want to do that. And so so I think it's also about, you know, there's a big piece there about taking responsibility. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. um, So obviously people need to go, well, if they're gone, and I, I encourage them to do so, go on YouTube, look at your... Uh, many wonderful lectures, your TED Talk, um, get the Woman on Fire book, um, look into your nine-month course. 
Um, what is something you can offer the listeners right now that would uh, be an empowering thing that they can do around their sexuality? Well, a big thing that I encourage people to do is to actually create sexual practices. Um, You know, just the way we often let emotions just sort of happen to us um, and the way that I talked about how sexuality is often treated as something that doesn't require any, like, skill or guidance, um, you know, we can, we can really shift our relationship to all of that by creating practices that are proactive and they, are, they move us toward what we want. So um, some of your listeners may have a spiritual practice. Um, and so I like to think of it like that, but it's sexual practice. So what's a practice I can do that connects me more, you know, to whatever part of my sexuality I want to work on, whether it's your voice or your body or getting more present mm-hmm. or um, communicating better or having more fun or more play or, you know, there's, there's endless, endless things you can do just as there are endless spiritual practices you could have. Um, so, yeah, so I, I teach all of my clients to develop practices around their sexuality. Um, mm-hmm. I can do one with your listeners right now if you want. Oh, that would be spectacular. Um, so it's one you might have done, you probably did it with me at Firewoman. So it's one that I really love is um, it's called the two-minute tingle. And so a lot of times, you know, it's like we get up, we, you know, jump out of bed or getting our coffee in the shower, you know, whatever our morning routine is. And, you know, maybe you're off to like work or taking care of the kids, you know, whatever it is you've got going on in the morning and you're starting your day. And do you take a moment, do you take like a couple of minutes to actually connect to your body and to be grateful to your body? And so this is, this is a really simple practice that can allow you to do that. And it takes two minutes, which is one of my clients named it the two-minute tingle because it usually makes you feel tingly, and it really takes two minutes. So, so, um, so wherever you are, um, well, if you're driving, be, be mindful. Keep one hand on the wheel. But, um, you know, if you uh, are in a place where you can just put both of your hands at the, at the top of your head on your crown, and then I want you to just start to really intentionally touch your body. So run your hands down the back of your neck to your shoulders, down your arms to your hands, rubbing all your fingers, you know, and come back up to your crown again and come down the front of your face and down the sides and squeeze around your ears, you know, but really touching gently, um, like caressing your own body noticing the feeling of the skin and the bones and the veins underneath and the, the flesh and the, and the fat and the, you know, and the curves and whatever, the rolls, whatever is there. And just really coming all the way down the front of your body, you know, not skipping anything, coming over your breasts, over your genitals, you know, around your hips down your legs. I like to kind of like squeeze my thighs. It feels kind of nice. Like do what feels good, you know. Um, if you want to pad, if you want to rub, if you just want to run your hands across, just touching intentionally, you know, and then, and then going all the way down to your feet and your toes. And I like to get to the bottom of my feet. And if, you, if you can access the bottoms of your feet, get to those. Um, and then, yeah, coming back up the backs of the legs, Rub your butt. Feels really good to rub your butt. Rub your butt. Reach around your back and really like rub your back. You know, it's like how often do we just be like, oh, I wish someone would walk up behind me and just like rub my shoulders. You know, like do that for yourself. You know, reach around and just get as much of your back as you can. Reach over your shoulders and and just get like as much of the back of your spine as you can. Go back to any spaces that want a little more. You're like, oh, that, that part didn't get touched enough or that part wants to be rubbed more. And just like go back. And just really taking some deep breaths and notice what's happening in your body now. Mm. Notice what's different. Mm. What do you notice, Barbara? 
Um, I notice that I can feel my feet more, um, and I notice that my breath is deeper. That was such mm. a great practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, mm. I mean, it's so simple, right? It's the most simple practice, and it it serves many functions, you know. But I think at the, mm-hmm. the most core level, it's just connecting to the body that you're living in each day, you know. Mm. And if you started your body, if you started your day with that connection to your body each day, how could that maybe shift your morning or shift how you feel? Mm-hmm. You know, many mm-hmm. of us are really starved for more touch. We want more touch, you know? And it's wonderful mm-hmm. to get touch from other people, but give it to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and feel mm-hmm. into that that life force and that connection in your body, you know, and it was mm-hmm. called the two-minute tingle because a lot of times it makes us tingle, right? It starts to move the blood under the skin and, and your your skin starts to tingle and come alive. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you can do it any time of the day, I'm saying in the morning, but, you know, um, I've, I've, I've asked my clients at times to, you know, set, set an alarm when you know you're getting deep in your computer work in the day and you need to step away or you need to take mm-hmm. a break from whatever you do in, in your job. Um, so set an alarm to remind yourself to, like, pause and do the two-minute tingle, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And those simple practices are so, they're life-changing because it's, it's, uh, it, it, it's just like uh, happiness is a skill and a practice. Sexuality, body connection is a skill and practice. And it's, it's like the mind wants to say, no, that two-minute tingle can't make a difference. But, yes, it can. <laughs> and, and, Absolutely. And yes, yes. I feel, I feel such a change just in that two minutes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, we, just, we just get going and we just, we're, we're, yeah, we're just. So, so we're sometimes so disconnected. We're living from the neck up. You know, many of us are just living sure. from the neck up. We're like brains on legs. <laughs> I think it was David Orr that said the North American, uh, the Western world is all slightly autistic. Uh-huh. <laughs> that we're all disassociated. <laughs> yeah. You would, yeah. I wanted to um, finish today's interview with a really powerful statement that you said at the uh, firewoman retreat and you came out uh, those are listening she when when amy came out and i was just so smiling from ear to ear because her and her team they were a living demonstration of empowered sexually alive uh, spiritually alive embodiedly alive women and i think that part of the retreat was like the best for me because i felt it gave me permission so often i've been shining bright, sexually alive, and, and all these messages. And, and interesting, a lot from women being told I was too much or too loud or too sexual. And it was like at this retreat, I could I was being celebrated and fully being myself, and no one um, vomited their insecurities on me. It was, it was so wonderful. <laughs> and so you come out just shining like a freaking bo- a beautiful volcano, like a phoenix, and you said this statement as you were proclaiming um, this, how uh, how important this work is. You said, a woman reclaiming her sexuality is a political act. And um, could you could you explain that a little bit? Well, I think that since Fire Women Retreat, we've seen some interesting things in our culture about how how important of a political act it is, you know. Mm. Um, our sexuality is used against us all the time. It is used to control us, to manipulate us, to keep us down, to keep us insecure, um, to, you know, make people money, to, you know, that's not going in our pockets. I mean, it's our sexuality um, is co-opted and and it has been controlled, and, you know, for centuries, centuries, you know. Mm-hmm. The sexuality of women and, and of other people who don't have as much power, which might be LGBT people, um, people that do not conform around gender, um, people of color, you know, there's lots of, you know, layers to it also when you start to look at those different identities. And... Um, and so, yeah, reclaiming that, saying, no, this is like, this, this is mine. This is the thing that, like, you don't get to have. You don't get to control, you know. Mm. This, is, this is something that absolutely belongs to me. Um, there's no way that can't shift the way we experience our power if we really come mm. into that place. 
Um, mm-hmm. It is so intrinsic to our, our personal power. And, you know, I think we see a lot of examples of women in particular who try to embrace their own personal power by, by dismissing or um, sidelining their sexuality and saying, well, mm-hmm. I'm just going to tuck that over there because I can't be powerful with that part. And this, yeah. is, a, this is a grave mistake because you, you can't be fully in your power without it. Yes. You must take yes. it with you. You, yes. you can't have that kind of split um, mm-hmm. that will always come back and, and be problematic. There will be ways that it will, it will come up. So, you know, as I'm watching what's happening in our culture right now around sexual harassment and sexual assault and just how pervasive everything is and how much it's coming out into the open, which is a good thing. I mean, it, it's painful to see how big the problem is. Um, but, of course, many of us already knew the problem was that big. And now it's like, okay, now we actually can see that it's this big. Um, mm-hmm. What are we going to do about it? You know, and we can't address it if we don't address sexuality and sexual dynamics. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. part of the problem with sexual harassment, you know, programs in the workplace. It's like it tries to bypass sexuality. It's like, well, we can't talk about sex here, you know. So it's a sanitized supposedly sanitized space, but this is very false. You know, we, we cannot address this issue if we don't address both sex and power um, because it is mm. the intersection of both. Mm. Mm. Well, well said. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> we got work to do. <laughs> I remember, our, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember reading in uh, Vagina by Naomi Wolf, she, uh, said that there there's uh, all this research that shows there's now they they've proven a biological biological connection between a sexually empowered woman and her levels of testosterone so then they're saying well there is actually a literal and biological empowerment that happens with women and their self-confidence and ability to take action when they're um sexually alive and uh boy can i relate to your um thinking trying to trying to move into power but just Eh, I don't need the sexuality. I mean, it was wasn't until mm-hmm. like nine years ago did I say I think I'm missing something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was just life changing because it was, you know, I thought I knew spirit and I thought I knew love and I, you know, and that's like one top of the mountain is the bottom of the next. But it, that was definitely a realization of wow, I'm I'm at the bottom of the next mountain and and I still still feel like I'm only a quarter of the way up like. Um, sexuality and spirituality seems to me just so dynamic and it's like a never ending uh, growth and learning process. And uh, I love your statement of you just, you can't really come into your power unless you bring your sexuality along with you. That's, that's so, so important. And um, yeah. So, so thank you so much for, for sharing your wisdom and all the work you do with women. It's such incredible work. Um, is there anything that I missed that you'd like to finish with? Oh gosh, there's always so much more to say. <laughs> you know, I think the I think the you know to I guess to put a a period on that last piece. You know, because we or to bring it full circle to what we talked about earlier, because we've been believing that that over sexualized glossy version of sexuality is what our sexuality is supposed to be it's no wonder we run from that. It's no wonder we put it, you know, we're like, well, that, I, I can't be that, or I can't deal with that, you know, um, because it's not, it's actually not true for us. It's not authentic for us. So, so mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it, we've come by this honestly. We've done it the best we can with the tools we've had. And now mm-hmm. I think we're waking up and we're ready for, for a new set of tools and for a more holistic approach to this so that we actually stop putting band-aids on it with like one more sexual harassment training or whatever that we we actually really deal with the breadth of our sexuality and I think that Mm -hmm. as women step up and do that um it will change it will change Mm -hmm. the dynamic it will change the culture Mm. so that's my wish Mm. (laughs) (laughs) yes Mm. incredible wish incredible vision because it's Women step into their roles as leaders and community supporters. Um, 
yes, it can. I believe too that it can it can create such change in the planet if women, like you were saying at the retreats, like if women just even pulled back sixty percent of the energy that they're spending on obsessing about their their insecurities or people pleasing, just think of all that energy that could go into uh, service or um, a creative project or creating change and. It's mm-hmm. um, that was such a zinger statement. Cause I was like, yeah, it's like even half that energy was pulled back and directed in other ways. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. much would shift. But yeah, I have um, there's an erotic evolution video series. I don't know if you've gotten to see mm-hmm. that, but um, if your listeners want to grab that, you can you can just go to my website, amyjoegoddard.com, um, oh. and it's right it's right on the homepage. It's three-part video series and so it's a really good you know if you've liked what we've talked about today it's a good introduction to some of these ideas um ah, great well i will repost that yes erotic evolution series on amyjoegoddard.com wonderful well thank you so much amy joe i appreciate you and thank you for taking this time to um yeah. to spread your message and um thank you for helping all the people that you did by being on the show today Oh, thank you so much for having me, Barbara. It was great to have you at Firewoman. Till next time. (laughs) All right, till then. Bye. Bye. Well, everybody, we just had such, uh, I hope you benefited as much as I did from uh, feeling that that message that is life-changing, to know that our sexual life force, our sexuality is something that we can bring along with us to our connection to spirit. It can bring along with us when we step in uh, as our roles of community supporters, serving creativity, that we don't have to put pieces of ourselves into little file cabinets and, and, and sacrifice parts of ourselves, that we can bring all of ourselves along. And by doing so, um, as Amy Jo talks about in Woman on Fire, really step into our sexual intelligence and personal power. If you haven't read the book, Woman on Fire, Nine Elements to Wake Up Your Erotic Energy, Personal Power, and Sexual Intelligence, please do. Um, even uh, Christine Northrup on the back, she says, uh, Woman on Fire is a compassionate, loving, and tender guide that will assist all women in owning and operating the life force that is our erotic energy and sexual intelligence. Also, that uh, com, you can... Um, go and our three-part video series of erotic evolution and next month i am very excited to have on a guest that talks about the body and soul anatomy connection and she does this by focusing specifically on the perineum so the perineum is the tissue between the anus and the genitals, and she has worked with thousands of people in helping to realign that part of their anatomy, their pelvic floor, and their perineum to help the back, to help lower, to help the hips, to help knee issues. Um, her name is Jenny Nagler, G-I-N-N-Y-N-A-D-L-E-R, and her book is Spiritual Anatomy, Relining the Body and Soul. I'm so excited for her to hear her talk because... I've uh, done Qigong my whole life, and a big part of where we focus in in coming into our body is the perineum and the pelvic floor. We see in uh, TCM in Chinese medicine, like a horse's tail coming out of the tailbone and perineum. There's actually, literally, we can read it with science now, these energy lines that come out. And so when those are open, it allows the cerebral spinal fluid to go up the back. It allows the hips to be in alignment. allows people to feel their body awareness. That area gets damaged through, um, sometimes at birth, if, if, or if you were put in one of those little things that separate your legs and you were carried around as a kid. Um, if you've had children and you've had your perineum cut, that can happen. Um, sometimes uh, men can be really separated from that area as well, just in, if they sit and, and uh, don't sit in a healthy way. Um, so we, and, and here's a side note. So I also, I also learned when I was a full contact fighter that if you kick someone in that area, you can knock them unconscious in a matter of a second. And I've seen it done. Um, so if you, <laughs> I remember one of my teachers saying, we don't honor the power of herbs and healing because, um, we only honor drugs because we know they can kill. Uh, we, we don't honor things that can only heal. 
Um, so I share that piece just for those of you that maybe have some masculine energy running through your mind and you want to hear about how important the pelvic floor is, that if, if it was hit there, if you're hit there, um, in that specific acupuncture point, you can, you can be passed out or you can die. Um, so, <laughs> so anyways, um, next month I'm going to have Jenny Nadler, Spiritual Anatomy, re- Realigning the Body and Soul, and, um, and I'm really grateful to hear about the practices and her work around that, because it ties in with so much, like I was saying. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Um, it's, this, uh, ecosexuality is, is a passion, it's, um, is such it ties in with so much and uh, my background of course is in eco psychology as well as transpersonal psychology and um, one thing I just want to leave everybody with around eco sexuality is that um, they did a study at U of M and they studied 5,000 spiritual awakenings 5,000 and out of 70% of out of those 5,000 70% of them were in nature and out of those 70% that were in nature, over 50% of them were life-changing. The other 30% that were in some type of building, home or church or whatever, just a building, only 35% were life-changing. So if we have this incredible, I don't want to say a thing, energy, nature is more than a thing, but that when we get into nature, that we have spiritual revelations we have ourself reflected back that when we begin to become more still and connect with our body all of a sudden all these things fall into our place if if we have an ability to even if you do the two-minute tingle that amy joe goddard talked about or if you begin to just turn off the distractions and be with your food these powerful simple practices are what changes your life. I think we're all looking for that big shift, that big leap, but it is a daily baby steps, daily practice that that creates sustainable change. That slow is actually fast. Because the fast is really taken care of by I feel the divine order, the quantum field spirit. And that when you do things like Amy talked about the 2-minute tingle or you get out and you 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 stay you commune with nature. You don't just go and try to conquer it by riding your bike, which is nothing wrong with that, or running through it with headphones. You go and actually commune with nature or you spend a few minutes with your food. That is an eco-sexuality practice. That is a eco uh, that is eco-psychology practice. That's a way of connecting into those things that are you know, try to try to live on the planet without nature and food. <laughs> try to live on the planet without feeling the connection to your body. And that I think it's wonderfully humbling when we realize how much we are supported by that. Because when you feel that connection, you can't but help feel supported. Supported by the earth, supported by food. That we are so abundantly supported, but we don't feel that support. We feel alone. We feel depressed. Because we're not allowing those innate connections, innate meaning inborn connections to our body, our spirituality, our food, our emotions, our relationships. And as, as Amy Jo talked about in her book, Coming Home to Ourself, which is such an incredible chapter when you get the book. Um, I'd, I'd recommend jumping that chapter and then go make, going back to chapter one. <laughs> uh, no, do whatever, do whatever feels in your flow. But... Uh, so I encourage you to do these daily practices and that just like if we didn't work out or use our body, our, our body would get uh, not feel well. Our spirituality, is a, our, our happiness is a skill set, not something that we know. And as such, so is our sexuality, just like Amy Jo was talking about, that happiness and sexuality do not uh, just happen. They take daily cultivation. So you're not broken. Unless you were raised special, like many of us didn't have the mentors or the support that we really needed. Like, just think of how your childhood would be if you had mentors, were taught meditation, were taught a healthy perspective of your sexuality. You were given um, not just that, what Amy Jo talked about, that glossy explanation of sexuality, but a real embodied, holistic model of what it means to be alive in your body. 
if we were given those tools and, and resources as a child, just, just think of who we'd be today. So just understand, you're not broken. Our system is broken. So do ask for help. Do study. Um, look at Amy Jo's program. If you are in the Detroit area, I have Aphrodite Rising. It's an incredible women's group that is forming and has been meeting every week. And we are doing incredible work around self-acceptance, around the five archetypes for healthy psychological, uh, sexual spirituality. Um, we've been, ah, just, it's been such an incredible group. So great. So Aphrodite Rising, again, is meeting again in January. And then starting in April, the Self-Acceptance Process Certification Program will begin. It is a seven-month program for really understanding non-dual awareness and how self-acceptance is the key to the foundation to healing and that the self-acceptance process is really not about a training but more about an uncovering and a birthing of the you that's already there the you that's just waiting to be revealed and let go to because the process of becoming who you are is a process actually of letting go thank you so much everybody for listening to the first show of ecosexuality please go to amy joe Goddard's website. You can also, um, oh, I didn't mention my website, barbarawhite.com, B-A-R-B-R-A, white.com. And uh, looking forward, please, if you benefited from any of this information, please be a messenger of love, an angel, and pass on this information to somebody that um, you care about. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a beautiful day.